0: morning everyone. So we're just going to wait here for Trevor to join us. This is a very special three-part series um, that we'll be doing with Trevor O'Dell, Point Three Real Estate. Um, Trevor is a senior broker, leasing specialist, um, Point full-service broker, uh, as well as a property watch specialist. So um, he has a passion for baking and breads, and I wanted to bring him on here to kind of share his his knowledge um, and let him just kind of take the Take the reins here. Hi. Hey. How are you? you? Good. Good. How are you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing pretty good, just getting around.
0: For those of you um, who don't know, this is Trevor, and we have a very special um, series, three part series that we'll be doing um, real estate do's and does, and really because um, Trevor has a passion for baking. And thought we would mix that in with just our overall talking shop about what's been going on in real estate lately. Just want to talk about you a little bit and your your strengths. I mean, you've been with us now. Um, how many years have you been with Point3, Six? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six years. So um, about you then. dabble. Yeah, six years. And you and you dabble in everything. So leasing specialist, um, you know, property watch specialist, and a full service broker. And we only have I think four, four or five you know prop. Um, the brokers that do absolutely everything and, and I think that um, you've been very successful in your business just in terms of um, servicing your clients and you're kind of at this point now where um, you know you're you're doing quite a bit on all different all different sides here. Um, all
1: different angles yeah.
0: Yeah which is nice um, and then to bring in this passion of yours um, you, know, you started <laughs> I guess baking bread what 10 years ago?
1: Yeah baking something like Nintendo. that it was one of those decisions like I was just looking at my pantry and there was always you know always a bag of flour and yeah. it, it never used it and it was just there forever and I think maybe the bag of flour I had was 10 years old I don't know uh, but it sat in my pantry for <laughs> forever I, was like, I, I should figure out how to make use of this stuff and uh, an, an old friend of mine she she knew how to make bread and she made delicious bread she actually gave me my one of my first recipes I ever um, built which is a braided um, Country a country egg fair bread, and it's, it it required yeast. It wasn't sourdough or anything like that. But uh, but it was kind of my first dabble into making bread, and and I liked it. And I've always loved bread since I was a kid. Pretty much the only thing I ate at the dinner table was bread, yeah. that or like a slice of ham. Um, but never any vegetables. My grandmother would be always upset because I would just eat bread. Why well, did this huge spread of all this food, and here I am, just a slice of bread. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, you probably, it.
0: you probably weren't the only child that was doing that, that same thing, but you took it to the next level, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Decided to really figure out how to make this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then a few years back, I uh, wanted to learn how to make a, a starter and um, sourdoughs and stuff like that, and which has been kind of a fun little journey, learning how to, how to make it, how to maintain it and build it, and um, a little, little bit of the science behind it, and I'm not, you know. First, I'm not a baker, so I'm not like an actual expert. Didn't go to school for this; just kind of picked up and learned where I went wrong and fixed where I needed to, you know, get better at, and just I don't know, just make it. And it seems to be going pretty good. I make it; my family loves it, and my friends love it, and so.
0: Well, yeah, it requires a lot of patience, I think, for the sourdough, especially, right? So, like, I've made plenty of breads at home, like you see the no-knead bread recipes and stuff like that, and they turn out fine. Um, yes. But I think this is this is like next level It's a commitment. And you know, you have to be very attentive to to the sourdough bread, you know, making process.
1: Yeah, more or less. I mean, there's, there's a lot more time involved. Um, but it, it's, it's manageable. So it's not like you're, you're just sit at the counter for hours and hours and hours of the day. There's just a lot of waiting. So once you kind of get a bread starter going, you mix it, you wait a couple hours, then you mix it again wait a couple hours and you, you know, it, it it's kind of, it's not really a no need, but it's just a, a different style of no needing mm-hmm. um, where you're more just like folding the the dough over and stuff like that. And then, um, and then sometimes you can have bread that will take two days in order to, to start baking and, uh, and get through, but just takes, you know, probably about 12 hours, a little bit longer, 16 hours, sometimes depending on um, the flavors that you want to get out of it. But there's some important steps to 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 make it mm-hmm. so it actually reacts right and do what you want it to do, and uh, so yeah, making a starter is is fun. And I lost my starter recently because uh, I when I broke my ankle, it was just sat on my counter for a couple yeah. weeks, and you can't do that. If I put it in the fridge, I it probably would have been okay. But it was everything was so hectic and just being couch ridden for so long, it was just that didn't turn out. Um, so now I have to start from scratch myself, uh, which is, which is fine. You don't need a starter that's from somebody else. It it helps if you have someone that already has a mature starter, you can take a little bit of theirs and continue the process and then you have it, but it's always fun to kind of make your own. And to do that, it's just flour, water, and time. And, um, and it's just a daily regimen of just making sure that you're feeding it, which is just pouring a bunch out and then. Adding more flour and water, and then more time. Um, But uh, yeah, to maintain the starter, you do it each day. And you can put it in the fridge for a couple weeks, let it sit and you bring it out, you feed it again for a couple days before you use it. So if you're not baking bread every single day, then that's the way to go It's put in the fridge, bring it back out. But for the purpose of actually making starter is kind of a two to four week process, depending. And you started just putting the ingredients together. And then each day you just kind of do the same thing until it starts reacting, becomes bubbly, and it will go, um, basically you'll have a container, you know, like this, and it'll be like that much in there. And then over time as it grows, it'll start like bubbling up to here. Got uh, It just depends on how much you have. Probably for the amount that we're gonna do, it'll probably be up to here. And once it gets more mature and starts bubbling, It'll probably be more like there. it should double or triple uh, depending but yeah you want to get started
0: yeah we can do that i had a question when you're actually using someone else's starter how much do you need like what, what is is it you start with like approximately a half a cup or like what what is that
1: yeah should... about a half a cup so i weigh everything and I, and I don't use, you know, I use measuring cups just for pouring ingredients, but I don't measure it. I just, I weigh everything. And you get real accurate readings, you know exactly if something went wrong, you knew whether it was too much flour, whether it was too much water, and you can change any dynamic of how you need to with the, with the bread. Um, but if you're going to, so once you build your starter, once you have a starter, uh, you maintain it with this kind of the same proportions. And it's 100% hydration, which means that you have, uh, so we're going to be feeding it every day. 60 grams of water, 60 grams of flour, and okay. then you mix it all up, and then uh, and you just do that. So the same thing when you take someone else's starter, you you're going to take about 24 grams of their starter, add the 60 grams of your water, add the 60 grams of your flour, mix it all up, and okay. you do that, and that will get all bubbly and and fluffy. Got it.
0: Okay, and do you know the conversion of grams into? It- into cups? Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. Uh,
0: I, I we, could ask, about, we could ask Alexa.
1: What's that? Because, we, you could go. A,
0: we could ask Alexa. For those of you who don't know we're in my my home my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> but good. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: but I think it's around. I, I want to say it's around a half a cup of flour for 60 grams and about maybe a third cup of water. Um well it, that'll we, yeah, and we'll,
0: we could post that too, so
1: yeah'll get you around Perfect. at least a start cool. um, the first few days it's it's not so critical, but you want to have at least almost the exact measurements that you need, but it's not uh it's not super critical that you don't so if you're using measuring cups and you have a quarter cup here and a quarter cup there, that's fine
0: that's fine too um, Cool.
1: yeah
0: okay, well, let's so, get going.
1: Okay, pretty simple. Container. Okay. Gonna get your scale zeroed out. And we're just going to measure out 60 grams of, of flour. And then it doesn't need to be like, spot on 60 grams. Like we have 61 grams. That's fine. If it's just a little bit under like 58 or 59. That's fine too. But as close as you can get it is the best. And then we're going to grab water. Water should be room temperature. So they say it should be around like 70, 78 degrees or something like that for the water that you use, Um, up to about 105 degrees. But if you just get a bit of water that's room temperature, at least a little bit warmer than room temperature, it'll be fine. Cool. And that is about a third cup of water. And again, we're just gonna pour that right over the top of 60 grams, just stir it.
0: So also at some point I wanna touch on the San Francisco um, sourdough. Yeah.
1: So this is all all what it's doing. There's no like yeast to start it. And it's just using the natural wild yeast that's in the air and actually in the the flour itself because the flour will just have natural yeast going on too. And uh, in our area, it's there's there's yeast everywhere. So it'll start taking all that and then over time, it starts building and making a culture for yourself. Um, Um, It'll start building your, your yeast culture. And then, you know, you talk about San Francisco starter, people say, well, if I want a sourdough bread, it must be from San Francisco uh, in order to get those flavors. Well, that's kind of true, except for the moment that you start taking like a sourdough that's from San Francisco, or at least a starter from San Francisco and bring it here, all the yeast that's around us is gonna change it. And it's gonna go to Northwest yeast instead of a sourdough culture that's from San Francisco. And each day that you refeed it, unless you're flying out to San Francisco every single day grabbing, you know, their flour that they have sitting about and their water, water and their air. And you want to keep like this little capsule of San Francisco in a, you know, ecosystem jar, then yeah, you could probably do it. But over time, it's just going to change.
0: Yeah. And
1: then you will lose that San Francisco flavor that you thought you're going to get. Gotcha. Uh, similarly, like an old starter that someone says, Well, I've had this since my grandma started it back in 1932. You know, it's the best starter you're ever gonna have. Well, it's a great, it's a great starter. But again, it still needs to be fed every single day. And it's still the same bacteria that's in our air and yeast and everything. Um, so there's no actual benefit, so to speak to start using this ancient starter that you've
0: start <laughs> Vin- vintage starters. Yeah,
1: vintage starters. <laughs> um, because again, you know, the process is you're, you're re kind of building that starter as it goes and then you're yeah. bringing the new ingredients. So it's, it's, it's kind of refreshed every single day. So it's just a starter that's kept going. And yeah. all the bacteria, the beneficial bacteria that's there of the yeast, you know, it's, it's not from 1932. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can do it, like I said, we're just gonna start this and this is really kind of what it will look like.
0: Oh yeah, okay, so from here, so I got mine here, right, in this big jar. So yep. it's important to, to cover it, then
1: you loosely cover it, okay. you could just put the lid and just not tightly tighten it down, or you can lose just a plastic wrap and put it over the top. Okay. Um, I have a just, you know, just a lid like this, just put over. Perfect. But it needs some air, but it doesn't, you know, you don't want it to be tight fitting or anything. Um, and then then from there, the next step is that you're gonna let this sit for a day. You can even let it sit for two days and it'll bubble a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: the third day is where you're going to have to refeed it. And you're going to use the same proportion 60 grams of water and 60 grams of flour, but you're going to dump all this out. Okay. Uh, except for about 24 grams. Okay. Um,
0: the 24
1: grams like, is approximately a third of it, basically. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And I. I use a percentage of about 40% of, of the starter got so it. That to be like 24 grams of the starter to okay. kind of go from there. There's some people that say that they dump everything out until it's just a little bit on the edge and a little bit on the bottom and then go from there. It's basically just capturing the yeast and the cultures mm-hmm. that are there just a little bit and then you're adding all the flour and the water. And that builds it all new. Got it. And, then, um, and that'll be an everyday thing for the next couple of weeks. Gotcha until it gets nice and bubbly and usable
0: okay and so but if you're doing that every single time then don't you end up at the end i mean you're just gradually adding more flour and water in on top so or is it still staying the same amount and then just bubbling up
1: it's just staying the same amount so like i said you're dumping a lot of it out and you're just adding six grams flour six grams water and then the next day you're dumping it out six grams same thing, so the twenty uh, sorry, so twenty four grams of the star the, from the previous day, and then sixty grams flour, sixty grams water, dump it out and eventually once it 's bubbling and usable, that throw out that you use will be what you would use so, it. okay so you want to make you know sourdough English muffins or something like that. you can use the throw out from from that you can use it for pizza doughs there's lots of different things you can use it for, but um, you know, eventually, once it kind of builds up, you'll figure out for the recipe that you're gonna to use to make the sourdough bread, how much you need. And then we feed it, you'll add enough to have enough bubbling up for you.
0: How do you know when it's done though, when it when it is ready?
1: It'll get real bubbly and you'll notice okay. it. It'll have a just a pleasant sour sm- smell. And yes. there's gonna be times in this process, you're gonna look at it, there's gonna be some liquid growing on top and And that's basically just alcohol that the sugars have been converted. Um, You can pour that out or you can mix it right back in. It doesn't make a difference. It's fine. Um, So, but yeah, it's going to get weird for the next few weeks. (laughs) And you're just like, why isn't this working? We'll just keep doing it. And at one point it'll just be like, oh, okay, that's what it's supposed to do. And it'll just start bubbling like it should. And it'll have just a nice, you know, sour kind of sharp smell to it. I'll go through the process right now, just feeding this.
0: Let's see it.
1: Yeah, and it's just pouring it out until you get the 24 grams that you need. And every now and again, I'll completely clean the container. So about every three or four days, I'll just get a either a fresh container, got it, and use that, or I'll just rinse the other container out completely. And then again, it's just adding that previous starter that you had. And then uh, same thing, add the water to it, and then you mix it all together. And, you know, it should take you like two minutes to do. So it's not very time consuming, mm-hmm. but you just have to be consistent on it. And it's the moment that basically every 12 hours is what you should be aiming for when you're feeding your starter. Um, or sorry, uh, every 24, 24. hours, yeah. yeah. And that will keep it nice and healthy. And then when mm-hmm. you actually go to use it, it's 12 hours. So you'll feed it and then you'll use it within 12 hours of uh, of your last feeding. Got it for making bread. For making bread, but just for maintaining it, twenty four hours.
0: Okay. And then you could make all different types of bread. I mean, we—I think the sourdough loaf is what comes to mind, just for me. But what else can you make with this starter?
1: Can you make with the starter?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, like I was saying, pizza dough is really good. You can make some really good pizza doughs. But um, you know, a lot of those rustic sourdough breads that get the nice crispy crust um let's see i've made english muffins out of it i've made pancakes with it before hmm. you can actually use a, you know because you there's gonna be a lot that you're just gonna throw out just like well it feels like i'm wasting it Yep. Yeah. you know what can i use and so i've actually kept like little jars of the stuff i've thrown out mm-hmm. and um see that and that was it i've stirred it up and that's that's done perfect uh lots of things you can use Yep. Um. And there's many different recipes, and there's a basic kind of recipe for making rustic sourdough breads, and then you can add many different things into it. So you can add olives, raisins, cinnamon, cheese, like bacon, all different yeah herbs if you want. Um, bacon and cheddar is really good. Um,
0: mm.
1: <laughs> and then yeah, and then you use that for your for your bread
0: what yeah. um, But you don't have to be fancy on the type of, of flour you use, or because I know that there's you know the baking flour and you know.
1: No, it's just just, just all-purpose. I try and stick yep. with uh, non-bleached,
0: mm-hmm. the non bromated
1: no additives or anything. Just you know, I use King Arthur.
0: Yep, I like King Arthur too.
1: Yeah, just they're, they're all-purpose white. Do um,
0: you do you use any whole wheat? Have you done that? Because I know a lot of people like whole wheat too.
1: I have. Um, I don't add it into my starter you can add a little bit of rye rye tends to have a lot oh, yeah. of sugar in it yep. and then that can kind of help kind of beef up your starter a little bit I used to do that one time and then I just just started making this basic one that, that mm-hmm. works well you know all-purpose flour just for the starter and then once you start getting into making some bread then you can use more kind of higher protein flours with
0: and then putting it in your house you because you mentioned putting it in the fridge versus having it on your countertop is there a certain temperature that should be maintained throughout this
1: process? Uh, so, on the countertop, just room temperature is fine. And then, uh, like I said, you're, you'll, if you're leaving it on your counter, you're going to want to feed it every single day. So, it's a process of maintaining it every single day. Yep. So, every 24 hours, you have to, you know, if it's 9 a.m., you have to feed it at 9 a.m. every day. If, it's, uh, if you do it right before bed, you have to feed it right before bed every single day. Um, sure. If you don't want to do that and put that much effort into it, then once your starter is matured, you can put it into the fridge for a week or two and then bring it back out and feed it a couple times, put it back in the fridge. So if you only wanna use it like once per month, that's great. You just need to have about four days of feeding it before you wanna use it.
0: Good, and that's because the uh, cold air just slows down the process of like the yeast, right? Yep.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, it slows it down and um, you know, Yeast will live for, for a couple of days. Like I've had starters where I didn't feed it for two or three days
0: mm-hmm. and
1: brought it back just fine. Yep. Um, it's not as fragile as what some people tend to think it is. It's like, I got to keep this. I got to, you know, I got to baby it and I'm going <laughs> to take it wherever I go. And, you know, I definitely recommend naming it. Yeah. That's always fun. Yeasty boys is a good one.
0: Yeah. Um, that's cute. Kids probably help you and remind you too. Right, if you yeah. may, make it kind of like a thing for them,
1: they do, and they'll yeah. pop up. Like, what are you doing Can I measure? The, you, know, yeah. you know, flour gets everywhere. But yeah, um, cool. yeah as with kids, when they cook, everything yeah. gets everywhere. <laughs> we'll go along and and see how these work out, and keep me posted on how yours does, and
0: yeah, shooting photos.
1: Know.
0: Yeah, I will um, shoot you a text, and I'll actually take pictures too. And for anyone who joins and ends up doing this too, point. um we have a couple of hashtags for you. Making each other accountable. Because <laughs> right. right? I know I told you the story about the croissants because you made just like amazing croissants this last week, right? Thanks. And I've tried to just, I've bought the ingredients. I've mentally prepared myself to making croissants. And, and it is just such a process, right? And you get yeah. to it and you're just like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. So this is kind of like the same thing. as like, I want to make my own sourdough bread. But like... I kind of need to buddy system it up because I'm not sure I'm going to have enough motivation to get bread. through
1: it.
0: So this is for I me. Know. It happens.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's fun. And once you kind of, like I said, it takes like two minutes just to feed it. And once you kind of get that routine, it just becomes part of your routine. And then it's easy. Yeah. Um, And then you can get to the fun part of actually making the bread.
0: Well, so then the next one, we'll just continue doing this. The next one, we'll check in and, and see kind of how the starter is doing. And then maybe on the third one, we'll actually have a recipe for... For us actually baking something Um, maybe if you want to pick out your favorite you know recipe or whatnot cool well um let's talk a little bit of real estate i guess at this point um yeah you know again what are you kind of seeing i know that um, you've been actually pretty heavily involved in the west seattle market which last year um just because of the bridge and you know COVID number one but then the bridge was kind of like the nail in the coffin right mm-hmm. um and i know people uh, were speculating on what was going to happen over in west seattle and you know the market's going to tank or no one's going to want to move over there but now we've, we've turned a corner which is kind of the same thing in downtown condos too um that all of a sudden the buyer is out there it's crazy for you know condos and and homes and you've had five closings four or five yeah but- yeah,
1: hard closing, coming up on a, a sixth one.
0: Just this, just this year. That's crazy. just this past year. Yes. And it's been
1: it's been great. Like the activity out there is wonderful. Midsummer last year, it was it was a little daunting because I was you know after mm-hmm. everyone like the bridge conundrum and everything, and of, of course COVID, like you said, um, and so people were were weary. Like what's going to happen? And you get out there, and it was slower, and activity was a little bit quieter than what we would normally see. But then. You know it still didn't take very long um yeah. i put in, i put a listing out and it took eight days that we had a buyer and i I was kind of expecting it to be like 20 30 40 you know suddenly like okay where are we at um and then it was a couple days and it was great and then um yeah so the the time on market out there has, is, has been great and there's plenty of people there's probably buyers out there kind of looking and i think it's just they they could still be close to the city but they don't have to be. And now with yeah. everyone working from home, it's such a good opportunity because there's so much out in West Seattle to do. And there's, you know, you got Alki Beach, you got downtown everything. the Junction.
0: Yep.
1: Um, I mean, but yeah, the market's doing good. Single family homes are t- going quick. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: they they pop on the market and then they're off. Uh, condos are a little bit slower, but they're, you know, it's kind of normal for condos. And there's not a lot of them out there. Yep. Um, Comparatively to to Seattle.
0: Yeah, and so you're you're area of expertise really you cover everywhere i mean you're down yeah. south and in, in south um sound area um uh near the enum office and um i think that basically i mean you you come all the way up as far as what kirkland is yep. on that I work side in part of
1: kirkland yeah um basically that's as far part north i'll go mm-hmm. uh but i grew up out here i grew up out in Issaquah and uh, moved to seattle when i turned 18 and have lived there pretty much ever since. So they definitely know the area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, once we had our, our first child, it was like, well, we want to find a place with a little more land, so that moved us south. But, uh, you know, still my heart is a lot within city limits, yep. Seattle, Bellevue, you know, Kirkland, I know all those areas and they're great. Yeah,
0: that's good. Makes you pretty diverse and in, in being able to service all different types of clients and I'm on the renter side and on the, the um, buyer and, and seller side too. Yeah. Yeah. There's
1: pretty much not a, a neighborhood or area that I haven't lived in at one point or another.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and and I kind of want to do a segment where I go through and go to every house that I used to live in at one point. Yeah, I'll be like, okay, here's the house I lived in and rent in Renton, and oh, this, is one, this is the one. This is the house I was in in Bellevue, and here's where I worked in Bellevue, and here's my hometown, and yep. you know, kind of go back and forth. I think it'd be fun.
0: Um, the <laughs> other thing I that I think is fun, uh, you went to New York recently. And, I did. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit because I think that's pretty cool.
1: So yeah, I got I got invited to to be part of Ryan Serhant's membership program um, and be mentored by him and his team, and I I got really inspired. Started I read his book Sell It Like Serhant um, early last year, and it just really resonated with me and just a lot of his practices and and just him. And I've never seen the show, I've never watched Million Dollar Listing or anything. Because mm-hmm. I just you know, saw the book, and I was interested, and I read it and listened to an audio um, on Audible. And it was just, it was really fun. He had just a, a, a great way of just kind of capturing me and kind of my values and whatnot. And so I took the opportunity to head out to New York um, in the middle of a pandemic, yeah, and which was scary in and of itself. But uh, yeah, I got to go out there and see him, meet him and talk about business and kind of how to better myself in business and what I could be doing more and sat with his team and his marketing team on what uh, what they do and got a name? tour of his brokerage downtown Manhattan and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun.
0: Nice. And I think he just actually came out with another book recently. I saw him promoting it.
1: Big Money Energy.
0: Big Yes, Big Money Energy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Have you read that one yet?
1: I'm almost through with it. Got That's it. Good. Is it good? Yeah. yeah. Is
0: it better than the first? Are they pretty equal and you come oh, away with? A
1: it? little different. So the first one is more specific, like real estate. Here's how you sell. Here's what you should do. Here's how you should compose yourself. And this one's more just generalities of how you should present yourself as a, a force to be reckoned with. And, yeah. you know, um, you want to be like a, a very successful person. How do you compose yourself and how do you? You know, go about life, and how do you have that? What he says, how do you have that BME, that big money energy, and a lot of things of what he does. Um, so he talked about a little about you know, it's it's a lot of real estate driven in that one as well, um, mm-hmm. but he's trying to in, incorporate this. This could be used for really anybody.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I'll have to, yeah, I'll have
0: to download. I do a lot of audio, audible books, so I'll I'll download both of those and
1: now do you see you do you say you read books when you listen to them audio? On, on I do
0: all? no, so yes I do I read them <laughs> but I listen to them I don't know it's like a habit of just saying I'm reading it but I actually just I listen to it
1: I know uh Jess she always corrects me every time I say it oh, like she oh yeah, I read this book she's like you listen to a book you listen to it <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same thing
0: yeah and it's not reading is good for you everyone should read a book every once in a while um yeah. but yeah sometimes with our busy schedules it's the only thing that you can you can get in to kind of learn and expand your knowledge base when you're driving around or doing the stairs yeah. or. Doing well, whatever. especially in
1: our in our industry like we're downtime is is very, very short brutal. and sometimes it's just easier just when you're on the road for a couple hours in between showings and doing what you're doing to just listen to yeah. a
0: book what do you think this coming year i know um last year was kind of a strange year for all um but this year do you have any kind of like um forecast of things that you're telling your clients um about the market and and kind of where we're heading this year
1: well first and foremost the single family home market particularly just south of seattle is on fire mm-hmm. and so anyone that's, uh, that uh has a home to sell down south of seattle it, it's it's gonna go crazy um you know and i think what do we hear there was someone that got 57 offers
0: yeah 57 62 that yeah i've heard all these crazy crazy numbers yeah and i can't even
1: imagine trying to put together a spreadsheet and it was like give me a couple days i'll figure this out you know we'll review it and we'll come back to you um but yeah it's insane just on that on that market um so i I think that's going to continue i mean interest rates are still low -hmm. Um, Buyers are still pretty eager to kind of get their hands on some properties, and so I think that market is still going to go wild throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, within Seattle and the condo market scene, particularly in downtown Seattle, I think it's it's going to kind of continue doing what it's doing, but it'll get better. I think as soon as you know, COVID and the vaccines start getting pushed out more, businesses, the economy starts kind of gearing Mm -hmm. back up, it'll get better
0: people coming into work a little bit more. I think work from home is going to be a permanent solution for a lot of people, but not a 100% the solution. So yeah. I, you know, we've heard different things of, you know, the uh, offices coming in shifts, people during the day are working earlier, you know, for four or five hours, and then the second shift basically comes in the afternoon, or yeah. work from home, you know, two days a week, and the other days you come in. And so I, I think we're going to see over the next you know, year a shift in um, another shift in the mentality of how people are are working and and coming in or not. So it'll be be very interesting. But um, I think for the condo part, obviously, you know, there's there's buyers out there right now. It's our pricing just took such a hit last year that we are not, you know, Recovered by any means, we're kind of on this little slow, you know, um, transition uh, into kind of our pricing recovery. But that also means that it's a good opportunity for those buyers out there who were otherwise priced out the last, you know, four or five years. They're yes. high, low interest rates and they're they're able to jump in now. And I think that's why we're seeing kind of this this boost of activity, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so speaking to the rental market, because again, you're a leasing specialist, but also your property watch specialist. And for those of you who don't know, Property Watch is our um, management style service that we offer uh, for condominiums, um, and um, you're really successful at that. How many uh, Property Watch um, properties do you have right now?
1: So right, right now, I think I just have just under 50 properties.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. But I manage the, <laughs> the other is a lot, <laughs> and,
1: uh, but, but manageable. And, you know, the the type of platform that we offer is not a full property management style. Um, Mm -hmm. So it makes it a little easier to kind of run that many properties. And um, but it gives it gives owners uh, just a big peace of mind to be able to have a rental um, and know that it's gonna be taken care of and that they're not gonna have to be at every beck and call when a tenant says, Hey, I, I got a leaky faucet or something like that. And I'm kind of that middle middle person yeah. that makes sure that the rent gets paid on time and makes sure that any maintenance requests get handled properly mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's a great program as, you know for any homeowner that wants to be able to have a rental but not have to pay like the property management fees that are out there.
0: Yeah. So that'd be like eight to eight to 10% is the typical. So it's just basically a streamlined process and and it's tailored towards condominiums only, which, which is great too, which a lot is, because once you get into houses, a lot of things change. So,
1: um,
0: they just become property management becomes different at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, nice. And then you leasing, um, I have you where your property, the bulk of your property is right. The second, I know you work everywhere, but, um, Mm -hmm. In general, where are they at right now?
1: Yeah, the generally Bellevue, Kirkland, and a bit of Seattle.
0: Yeah, what are you seeing over on the east side for the rental market?
1: Uh, I'm seeing it kind of slow, mellow, just kind of like Seattle is. Um, not as mellow. It, it, we're still finding renters um, just outside of the downtown areas. It seems like anywhere, like the downtown area zones of you know Seattle, Bellevue, have been a little bit quieter. Yep. and understandably yeah. so but uh, again it's that uh, difference between condos and single-family homes single-family homes generally I get to go quicker people want that space yeah um, two-bedroom well, apartments and condo units go pretty well and the smaller ones are are taking a little more time to, to find renters yeah the I haven't seen rates dip too much I think they've been kind of staying steady over the last couple of years even mm-hmm. within the Bellevue area
0: mm-hmm. um, I would agree 100% with that. I think Bellevue's market is a lot different than what Seattle is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people, like you were saying, with the single-family homes, um, we actually, um, Kim and uh, Joe Richard, they had a, a Bothell house that had like seven applications put down on it just this last week, and half the people didn't even see the property. So I think I think the, the townhomes and single-family market on the rental side is extremely tight. Um, just because a lot of those property owners who, um, you know, had investment, they've sold their investments basically. And so it's kind of taken from that private single family rental pool. Um, mm-hmm. And then a lot of families what need space. They can't put themselves into con- condos or apartments, right? So they need yep. to have, so there's, there's kind of a, a glut of demand, um, I think for single family rentals in general. Um, yeah. But speaking to condos and specifically, it's good to hear Bellevue. I, I- I agree with you has been pretty consistent um seattle though i could tell you in the last nine months there's not one lease agreement that um i've signed that i haven't had negotiations on um, Mm -hmm. or lease renewal i mean we're just that's what we're seeing right now and i don't get better um, because we're seeing more people relocate here and and what have you but i just feel like um like you said the the market has been pretty soft for for the urban cores yeah Um, so it'll come back a better time. And there's still
1: a lot of renters and people that just love being downtown. And yep. they, despite all this, that's where they want to be. And yeah. that's great. And those, you know, they'll, they'll still shift and move around. Right. And especially for renters, always trying to find the best deal that they can.
0: Yes, for sure. Um, yeah. What, what's the most economical um, deal And two to three months rent, a free, you know, uh, that's kind of hard to pass up. And so it actually, that, that takes away with the rental market, takes away from our buyer pool of properties because, you know, it's more economical than to actually rent than it is to purchase in the short term. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, interesting times we're in.
0: Yeah. Anything else you want to add or kind of close out um just in regards to what you're you're doing right now?
1: No, I'm just uh, you know, just for what I'm doing, I'm kind of getting really back in. I was I took a good hit to my ankle, so I was out no. for what so. was well, that, three months?
0: Yeah. And you're still in recovery.
1: Yeah, I am still in recovery. <laughs> I, can, I can just now in the last probably month start to walk. In the last couple of weeks, really kind of start to walk with a boot. Um, yeah. Before I was cool. still using crutches. But, uh, man, breaking an ankle is something I, I don't recommend anyone to do. Or
0: would I wish that bit. on anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm but... sorry. It's probably so frustrating um, to kind of just be you know, do operating, but you've also had a really good year despite you being kinda of stationed at home. It's been great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A lot of it I was able to sit on sit on my couch and, and make deals happen and yeah. get things done and delegate where I needed to delegate and yeah. you know have an inspection or have a showing that needs to be done. And you know, we we luckily have a good team at our office to be able to kinda of help us yeah. out where we
0: need. And you're building your team too. I mean you're you're added someone just recently to kinda of help you with with showings and stuff like yep. that.
1: So, so I added, I added Stella Yep. Uh, her name is Stella. She's uh, she's very eager. She's working on getting her license now. Um, so she wants to try and get that, uh, I think, within the co- next couple of months to be able to start uh, selling homes and whatnot. And so a lot of it, I'm just kind of mentoring the business and, and do what we do. And uh, she's helping me a lot on the, uh, the kind of maintenance uh, things mm-hmm. and doing uh, errands and stuff. And it's great.
0: That's awesome. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing kind of you build your business this year. Um, it's always great i mean you're obviously a um, foundational piece of of our team um you know and just overall lovely to work with so give oh, it you. up yeah and then we'll follow this up um the next couple week. and for anyone out there who sees this who says you know i want you guys to talk about this you know we're open to different topics we'll probably choose something that's a little bit more targeted um next time we chat and then we kind of could view our starter and and hold ourselves accountable on our our baking skills. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Thank you, and uh, have a great Saturday. Will do, thanks. All right, bye. Bye.